This is Watch the Media. I'm John Schrader. Welcome aboard. We're talking global sports this time around. It's a big, wide, exciting world out there for people in the sports business, including maybe especially soccer. The biggest event in the world is coming to the U.S. and Mexico and Canada in 2026. It's the Men's World Cup. It'll certainly be the most most financially rewarding FIFA World Cup for FIFA in its history. And, you know, you have to look, with no disrespect to South Africa or Brazil or Russia or Qatar, those markets are just not as commercially interesting for, for FIFA partners um, as, as the U.S. is. That's Jay Neuhaus, the newly appointed vice president for event planning at Premier Partnerships, which is part of Play Fly Sports. We have the biggest stadiums in the U.S. and Canada and Mexico, so the, the amount of tickets that are going to be sold, the amount of hospitality packages that are going to be able to be sold because every, every stadium is so well stocked with, with skyboxes and, and lounges and spaces to, to set up external hospitality. There's just so many opportunities for, for FIFA to make a lot of money out of, out of this event that just you know, haven't been there uh, in the past. Jay is a Nebraska native. He's worked on the big stage in Brazil and in Paraguay, and before that in Europe. Well, I'd say that, that, that still European sports really look to what's going on in, in the U.S. in our big, big leagues. Um, we're still always at the forefront of, of technology and the forefront of commercialization and, and the forefront of opportunities for sponsors and, 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 and broadcast. So I think there's, there's always been and there continues to be that, that, that sort of uh, business intelligence from the Europeans that they want to take the best out of out of what we can offer, while still being a little bit more conservative as 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 it tends to be in in, in, in Europe. Working in the sports business around the world, and a little talk about um, the sports business at home as well. Next on Watch the Media. Thanks, John. Great to be here. So you have been and now speaking with us from Asuncion, Paraguay, uh, working for an Endeavor company there, working in um, uh, broadcast partnerships. Um, but you're coming home to do some work. Um, give us an idea of what the decision was to to come on back to the states and keep doing what you do. Great. Yeah. Thanks, John. No, I uh, I've been I've been down here in Paraguay for the last almost five years. As you said, working on a IMG Endeavor project, uh, which is was called uh, a small agency called FCBS Media, where we were responsible for the commercial rights, uh, broadcast, and and sponsorship for the Comenbol Club competitions. So that's Libertadores and Sudamericana, so the South American equivalent of of the UEFA Champions League, and we just finished a cycle, a commercial cycle. Uh, at the end of December, uh, started a new one January 1st, and and because Comebo decided to retain some of the services that we did in the first cycle, uh, kind of left me <laughs> out in the cold a bit. So I'd been kind of looking 
since the beginning of last year for a new new opportunity and obviously you know a big draw for me is is having the FIFA World Cup in the U.S. Canada and Mexico in in 2026 so I've been kind of uh, having that as a target in the last yeah 12 to 18 months is, is something that I'd like to be involved with while not necessarily going back to FIFA where I, where I'd you know been for for 12 13 years so uh, there's an industry uh, genius and an expert with a long history in, in this space as well, uh, John Christick. He he actually ran the the World Cup bid, uh, the unfortunately failed one in 2022, and then the successful one he he, he ran for uh, 2026. And John and I had known each other since 2005, 2006, because he used to work for. Um, the global agency in front sports and media um, in Switzerland. So we came, we crossed paths a lot and stayed in touch. And um, yeah, since his portfolio has been growing over the last uh, year and a half, two years and working with, with the host cities as they get closer and closer to this, this, this huge global event that's coming, um, he, he wanted to add to his team. So, he brought me on on board first uh, of March, and and where I've been primarily focused with him on doing some consulting to quite a few of the the host cities that are going to host the World Cup in 2026. So that's that's the I'd say the core part of my my work now with with Playfly. So three years seems like a long time, but uh, really isn't all that long, is it? Um, I know that you no. you moved to. Um... You moved to Brazil at least a couple, three years before the World Cup was held uh, in Brazil. So this is really the time when it gets really serious putting this stuff together, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, definitely, John. I so I moved, I moved to Brazil um, in September of 2010. So you know, just two, three months after the end of the 2010 FIFA World Cup. So um, you know, moving, moving, moving towards 2026 with just just over three years to go, um, FIFA has quite a quite a big challenge to get get ready. Obviously, the U.S., Canada, Mexico, it's a much more mature market, much more commercially mature market. You know, the stadiums are all in place. Um, but that being said, it presents FIFA with a lot of a host of different challenges because they are so mature. We have such a vast and um, developed sports market it's going to really challenge people on the commercial side so it's it's going to be interesting the next six to 12 months as as fifa kind of try to find their their feet in in the u.s but uh they certainly need to 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 speed things up to make sure that they're one be ready in 2026 but two get getting the, these cities up up to speed um because you know hosting a fifa world cup is vastly different than than uh, any other any other global sporting event? I have, um, I guess, only half jokingly talked in my classes about how this will be maybe the most lucrative, most I don't know, expensive, most um, um, revenue generating uh, event in the history of humankind. Um, is that overstating it? No, it'll it'll certainly be the most most financially rewarding FIFA World Cup for FIFA in its history. And, you know, you have to look with no disrespect to South Africa or Brazil or Russia or Qatar. Those markets are just not as commercially interesting for for FIFA partners 
um, as as the U.S. is. So, you know, FIFA FIFA gets uh, a third of its revenue from sponsorship, probably two thirds from from uh, broadcast rights. Uh, so, the, you know, the broadcast rights are equally as interesting no matter where the World Cup is is, is played. Um, you could argue here and there because of time zones and so on that that, that may change, uh, but not by by very much. So commercially on the, on the sponsorship side, it's it's really attractive for any company that that thinks they're going to be part of part of the FIFA's commercial program. Um, we have the biggest stadiums in the U.S. and Canada, Mexico. So the, the amount of tickets that are going to be sold, the amount of hospitality packages that are going to be able to be sold because every every stadium is so well stocked with with skyboxes and and lounges and spaces to to set up external hospitality. There's just so many opportunities for for FIFA to make a lot of money out of out of this event that just you know haven't been there uh, in the past. Obviously, the FIFA World Cup's always been a money making uh, monster, but but it, it'll just bring it to a, a different level. And not to not to diminish the fact that there's going to be 104 matches um, versus yeah. the the current 64. So there's going to be a lot more. Uh, tickets available, a lot more hospitality available, a lot more sponsorship of the assets, a lot more matches being broadcast on TV. So the price of everything should <laughs> should just go up. And and there's 340 million of us and a lot of us who have money to spend. And it's a pretty easy country to get to. And it's a while it's a huge country, it's easier to get around. Uh, certainly lots of airline flights. So there's a lot of reasons why um, it it can be lucrative and we'll we'll spend the money whatever it costs we'll spend it for sure for sure yeah yeah, yeah, yeah it's it's going to be a one in a generation opportunity and a lot of americans who were either soccer fans or not so much soccer fans are going to get vested really vested in this event because it will be a one in a generation opportunity and and it is the world's biggest sporting event i think um they're not going to want to pass up that, yeah. that that chance to be in the in in the stadium. So you are a Nebraska native. I mentioned that, but you've been in the the world football scene for I don't want to age you, but I'm guessing a couple of decades or so, right? Yeah. You you worked in Europe and then you worked for FIFA, you worked for UEFA and FIFA, and you worked for the company that works with them. And so you've been in the yeah. soccer business for how long? Uh, it'll be 20, I started September, 1998. So I guess that is just about 25 years. Quarter of a century. Just, there you go. Yeah. I just turned 50, uh, a few months ago. So happy birthday. And it goes by, it goes by quick. Yeah. So, so you're a good person to ask this question then. And that is, um, you know, in 1996, MLS was founded 1994, the world cup was held and then MLS, where would you put the maturity level of American soccer, um, uh, uh, relative to the rest of the world at this point, and I mean its interest, uh, the quality of play, the the the, uh, the the its place in culture, all all those kinds of things. Well, maybe the quality of play. I'm maybe not the best one. To, not yet. Uh, yeah. I'm a failed a failed uh, failed player myself. But I, I played up to college, but not much beyond that. Um, no, I think you know certainly there's a lot more variables to to the the maturity of of the u.s soccer market and professional soccer market um you know one being that we have so many other 
sporting events and leagues that are that are that are fighting for our time as 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 uh, as viewers. So it's we still have a quite a ways to go. If you look at the if you look at the the TV TV numbers, if you look at the 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 the, the rights TV rights values, there's a long way to go when you compare it to to the Big Five, which you know is the UK. Spain, Italy, France, and and Germany, um, where we have got some way to go. That being said, the the Apple uh, TV deal uh, of a billion over, I think it's ten years, is was quite um, quite a surprise to me, uh, and 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 shows that we're going in the right direction. Uh, we do have some way to go, but you know, you you also look at what's what's happened in the last 10, 10 years with a lot of these clubs moving out of of NFL stadiums and moving into their own venues, their own 25 to 30 seat uh, capacity stadiums. Um, and some of the teams like Atlanta, Seattle, playing in NFL stadiums and, and being able to, to not maybe sell them out every match, but, but doing a, a pretty good job on average ticket sales. So uh, we're, we're, we're going in the right direction. And I think we're beyond the point where it was in the, the late 90s uh, and, and maybe all the way through 20 up to 2010, where a lot of people question the survivability of the league. I think we're definitely beyond that. And now we have to look at the next, what's the next, next phase and, and really being, um, not only one of the best leagues in, in the hemisphere, but one of the best leagues in, in the world. Yeah. I think that's the, you know, the next horizon for, for the, for the MLS. Hard to qualify this, Jay, but what does, if you could, if we, if I can make this such a broad question, but what does the rest of the world think of American soccer at this point and how much might that have changed in the last 25 years? Um, I think if you look at the national team perspective, we're in a position where teams know that they have, they have to show up. They can't just walk through uh, uh, a game with us like they could have, you know, 15 years ago, they have to respect us. And I think, and I think American fans going to watch uh, the U.S. now, and, and I myself included, feel that on any given day, we can beat any, any team in the world. Um, whether that's true or not is, is, is another thing said, but, but uh, I, I think we go in with the confidence that we're going to compete against every team. I think what's different 10 years from 10 years ago is that we're now competing in in the Latino market for players that are in the prime of their of their um, of their careers. Maybe with the exception of of Brazil and Argentina, we're not getting those those top talents that are still going to Europe. But I'd say a lot of the other countries, and especially in Central America, but also some some countries in South America, we're getting some of the top talents and uh, if you look at the rosters of some of the, the, the south american um and central american teams a lot of those guys play on, on on their national teams if you look at the qatar 2022 roster so i think i think in we're seen as uh, for, uh, from a play player's point of view as as a really good destination but we're not really accepted as a as a as a, a league that people want to watch down here in, in paraguay we we can watch the MLS, but nobody really talks about it. People still talk about 
oh, let's watch the Premier League or the Spanish League or 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 the French League. So we have a we have a ways to go and 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 getting there, but it, but it's coming, it's coming. Yeah, just as an aside, I was in Bogota in October, and there were actually oh, a handful of people who knew about MLS and understood it somewhat because there are a few young Colombians who are playing in Major League Soccer. It certainly yep. wasn't as important to them as as the other leagues that you're talking about, but at least they knew about it. And I guess that's something more when I, I started broadcasting in 1996, the rest of the world said, yeah, don't worry about that. So should we, yeah, yeah. Go Go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, I'd I'd really love to see. And, and this may be the future of that, that the MLS and, and, and uh, the Mexican league get, get introduced into Libertadores. I mean, Mexico did play in the Rick up until, I think, 2015. Mm-hmm. And then then things things changed politically and, 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 and from a competition point of view. But I think that's the really the next horizon for, for Comembo and CONCACAF to, to, to try to join forces and, and make that into one, um, one, one big league. Yeah. Is this any kind of a measuring stick that the – so many, uh, I, I hate to use the term billionaires because it seems like there's more of them every day, but so many people with a lot of money to invest in the last decade or so have invested in soccer in America. Is that a good measuring stick? Uh, yeah, I, th- I think I, it doesn't hurt. It certainly doesn't hurt. I mean, some of those things are are, are one-off um, and, and and some of those teams are bought and sold like, like AS Roma. Uh, uh, I it definitely shows the 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 interest level. That's that's for sure, and it also shows to those guys that these are these are good investments. But I, I'm not sure I would say that that that's a that's a um, maybe a measuring stick, as you put it, of of the popularity of the game. It just maybe maybe shows that people had a lot of money in to invest, but they didn't have enough money, or they didn't have a a, a gap to to invest in a, a, an NBA team or an MLB team or NFL team. So I think you could, you could, you could maybe argue both, both things. <laughs> Super rich, but not crazy rich. Okay. Yeah. Whatever that means. Yeah. Jay Neuhaus is the vice president for event consulting for premier partnerships, uh, which is part of Playfly sports. And they'll be working uh, very closely on the world cup in the USA, Mexico and Canada in 2026, I assume among other things. Uh, let's talk about um, uh, Americans um, in the sports business and where we fit in the world. Um, how do, uh, when it comes to um, opportunities for Americans working around the world, you you said 25 years ago, I'm going to go off and 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 work in uh, global sports. Um, our this generation of students we have now has more interest and opportunity in that maybe than the generations before that. Absolutely. Um, How do you see the opportunities for Americans working in Europe and South America and Asia and other places where um, so much uh, business is being done as well? Well, I'd I'd say that, that, that still European sports really look to what's going on in, in the U S in our big, big leagues. Um, We're still, always at the forefront of, of technology and the forefront of commercialization and, and the forefront of opportunities for sponsors and, 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 and broadcast. So I think there's, there's always been, and there continues to be that, that, that sort of 
business intelligence from the Europeans that they want to take the best out of out of what we can offer um, while still being a little bit more conservative as 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 it tends to be in in in, in Europe. So I think on that 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 side, um, Europeans really look to the American perspective to to help them. You know, the goal of every one of these teams, if they're run as a commercial business, is to to maximize profitability. Um, and and we're certainly the the ones who who can do that uh, the best. Maybe one would argue we do that maybe too much. Uh, but but that just that that alone shows the the the, the amount of interest that that. Europe has on on American talent. The the, the challenge sometimes is uh, is compete one competing against uh, Europeans, but but two getting the just simply getting the work permits to to go to Europe and and uh, um, and being able to do that. You know, it's it, it, the world's become a lot different different place in the twenty five years since I was there. So it's it's I can take Switzerland for example. It's uh, it's a little bit more challenging to get into a market like Switzerland if you don't have a European passport. But that doesn't mean that uh, we don't offer the best the best talent out there. It's just that it's become a, a bit more of a, a challenging environment um, and a, a, a bit more radical uh, in, in that regard in terms of what 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 kind of people countries are, 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 are willing to, to hire. Now, along the way, you've picked up, uh, you know, I don't know where along the way, but I know you picked up uh, German and French and Portuguese and Spanish, mm-hmm. and you you, you mm-hmm. needed those languages. Um, how much do young people in America need to, um, you know, we don't we don't have to speak other languages in this country because the rest of the world speaks ours. At least that's what some people here yeah. think. But how valuable would it be for our students, our young people, to to understand that maybe if they know a little bit more, they they get a little bit more. Yeah, I mean it's a global game, soccer, and and all of the big leagues now, whether it's the NFL, NBA, uh, MLB, and and to a certain extent the NHL. Um, well, NHL more and more towards towards Europe, but all of those leagues have 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 a, a, a very vested Latin American uh, investment now. Um, the NBA's got offices in, in quite a few countries in South America and do exhibition games. We know that the NFL takes a game every year to Mexico, to, to London, to Germany. Uh, so the the footprint of these leagues is is now beyond our borders and that just speaks speaks even more to to the importance of, of having a foreign language under your belt and 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 speaks to the fact that you're going to be that just that much more competitive in the job market if you if you have that what should a young person from neely nebraska or from creighton nebraska or from uh even omaha or lincoln uh, know about the 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 world and and know about what they need to to do to 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 work in global sports to to get an opportunity to to work someplace outside of where we are here. Yeah, well, I think John, just just the interconnectedness that we the, the, the interconnectedness we have now as a society uh, globally is just even in the in the 20, 25 years that I've worked, it's just changed. Borders drop. We, we it's so easy to communicate across 
like we are now across Zoom. Um, you know, when I started, it was we were barely uh, being able to send emails out of a, out of a out of a venue, and a lot of things were done with fax. Uh, you know, and and today, that that technologies allowed these leagues and allowed us to become much more globally without even even realizing it or really even making that effort, our, our own effort to, to do so. So I think the more your students and the more anybody can can track what's going on in the world, um, track what's going on in, in, in global sports and, and not just watch, you know, domestically what's on Sports Center and, and so on with the with the with the domestic leagues and, and college football and, and so on. Uh, the better they're going to be prepared to to, to take on an international uh, responsibility. The NBA translates uh, very well around the world. Um, of course, soccer is the world's game. You talked about Major League Baseball. It's also a more regional, um, international. Um, American football, I don't know. Um, give me an idea or give us an idea of how American football translates around the world and you know, we know they're also the biggest, hungriest uh, um, animal in the in the um, in the um, in the stable, right? I mean, they're the biggest, hungriest, right. richest, fattest dog in the kennel, and so they'll get what they want. But how does it translate relative to the other sports we talk about? Well, the NFL is an interesting one. A lot of countries have professional leagues and in, in those other sports. Um, you know, baseball is, is big in, 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 in certain, certain corners of the world, um, and have good professional leagues like in Japan or Venezuela, uh, Cuba, uh, Dominican Republic, you know, they, they, they have those, those, that infrastructure, but with, with football, there's nobody, you know, that's even close to, to what we do. There's a lot of semi-pro leagues. Germany has a semi-pro league. There's even a small little league down here in Paraguay with five or six teams. So the game is there. It's just because we have such uh, uh, an incredible infrastructure with with uh, and, and, a, and, a, and a progression, a pathway for those athletes from peewee football to high school to college to, to the NFL, there's a pathway. And in every other country, there's no pathway for these kids to, to get to that level. So of all the leagues that are out there, they're all very, very much amateur. But that being said, you know, London having several several NFL games a year. Germany now having uh, regular season games. Mexico having regular season games. Uh, that shows the popularity of the of, a, of the sport as a as a, a broadcast product. Um, and I think that's only going to grow. I, it'll take maybe two or three generations for for the for for countries to have leagues where they're they're feeding in players to the NFL. That that's not going to happen for a while because of what I what I said earlier about that 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 progression of uh, for talent to develop, but viewership it's it's pretty impressive. Yeah, and and I always think you know the NFL what the NFL wants the NFL gets, and figures out a way to get it. Um, if for any other reason than just the sure uh, drive and ambition that comes from a league that has so much money. Yeah. Period. For for for, for for sure. Yeah. For sure. For sure. So I'm going to ask you to put your um your your 
you know, prognosticators hat on here and sort of think to the future. Um, the people who do well in, in our business or any are, are the innovators. Um, what's the next big thing in sports media? What's the next big horizon or the next big mountain that the people in the sports business are are looking at and trying to climb or maybe already climbing? Well, if you would ask me six months ago, the big thing was, was NFTs and that, 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 uh, that wave seems to have yeah. come and gone a little bit and yeah. the excitement or the bubbles kind of been burst out of, out of that one. Yeah. Um, you know, I think it's a, it's a continuation of, of the, of the development of, of um, streaming and, and the, the amount of streaming platforms, the consolidation of streaming platforms and, and the way we consume uh, these, you know, we call contents on, on, uh, over, over, over these, um, these different media platforms, I think is going to continue to to develop over the next, next few years. I, I see that as being the, the main, um, the main influence on the, on the media market is, is just that way we consume sports over, not so much over, over cable TV anymore, but, but through, through, through those mediums, those new mediums, and and, and I'm, I'm maybe not the one since I'm not really in broadcast. I'm maybe not the one to, <laughs> to, to be able to say if there's anything out there else out there on the horizon. But from my own personal, what I see is is that things just developing in, in that direction and, and having yeah, as a viewer, more choices to change cameras and to change views and to, and and to um, and. and Having online betting as a as a dangerous but but certainly available uh, asset, you know, it's it's becoming very much deregulated in the U.S. So so the U.S. is um, much more open to that than it was even two years ago. So I think things in that in that that space that are all related to streaming, uh, connected with betting, um, connected to the way we we watch sports and, and consume sports is is really what. Uh, what is 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 prevalent now in the market we know um both anecdotally and by uh, the numbers we look at that the last couple of generations uh, don't watch um, sports or don't consume sports the same way that I certainly did. And maybe even the way you did. Um, so right. many of the young people don't watch an entire game. They look for the highlights. They look to see what's being talked about on social media before they, they check in on a game. Is that kind of the same way it is in, in the, the markets that you've been working with that, um, that the consumption of sports is, is changing and we have to all deal with that? Yeah, I think so. I think I think soccer is a little bit less affected by it um, because it's it's you know a, a ninety minute experience. It's a bit shorter. Uh, there's no stoppages, but I think you only have to look at what's what's happening in 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 baseball this year with uh, the pitch clock. With MLB really recognizing that they have a, a viewership problem uh, and they need to shorten the games. They need to bring back some of the interest. Uh, you know the 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 traditionalists of the game are probably probably uh, frustrated by this, but but it, but I think MLB recognizes that they have a have a problem. Um, NFL is a is a is an amazing pro product as well, but you know games are three three and a half hours. 
with lots of stops, lots of starts, lots of ad breaks, and so on. Um, and that's maybe not necessarily hurting their viewership, but but um, it, it's definitely having an impact on the on the younger ones that have the less of an attention span and want everything you know instantaneous yeah um even so, some old folks folks want that too <laughs> yeah for sure for sure um uh, so i think i think all the leagues are, are looking at how they they're gonna have to tackle that uh absolutely but but some some sports are more more as i said like baseball are more uh susceptible to to those kind of impacts yeah. you know jay as we wrap this up there are there probably aren't many businesses maybe there are but but in the last half a century or more, the sports business, the business of sports has just exploded and keeps exponentially exploding and exploding and getting bigger and more lucrative. And and just it's crazy if you look at the history of, of sport in the last century, but even the last half a century. Any reason to believe it's not going to continue exponentially exploding as it has been? Oh, you always read in the sports media, you know, the 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 latest NFL contract or the latest Cristiano Ronaldo contract, that's going to be the, the all-time record and nobody's going to ever break it. And it always seems to, to happen. I think as long as there's money in the sport uh, and, and as long as, you know, there's, there's money coming into it from, from parts of the world where it didn't, didn't come in from 20 years ago, you know, the Middle East uh, most notably, uh, I think you know the sky's the sky's the limit, and there's been a there's been a lot of shakeup, and there's a lot of nervousness in 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 sporting federations like a like a FIFA, uh, like a, like a FIBA, uh, like uh, the skiing federation that 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 where that, that somebody can come in and invest in a different product, and and the federation uh, model. Uh, you look at the the Super League uh, as well. You know that's WAFA's biggest fear is is that they're actually able to come in and break off of this federation uh, model, which exists in every every sport. And we just have it a bit different in in the U.S. with with the with our big big leagues. Um, but but certainly, uh, you know, Live Golf is a, is another one that's that's the governing bodies because of the money that's out there in the sports are maybe not able to, to hold on to their, 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 their old ways. And they need to, to, to rethink their model and, 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 and be a bit more open to change and technology and, and different sources of income to make sure that they can still keep the integrity of the, of the sport there. Um, because that's, uh, I think that's the next big challenge for the, for, for, for the coming years. But the, the sports fans, the consumers um, are not going anywhere. The consumers will adapt to that. Yeah, I think so. I mean, yeah. I think there's there's a lot of purists that will always want to stay with, with, the, with the tradition. Golf is a very traditional sport. Um, the golf has kind of made, a, made an earthquake in that, that, that world. Uh, some people are really for it. Some people are really against it. Uh, they've created a product which is different and 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 maybe more exciting than, than the current current standard, but it, it's it's uh, it's um, all about money at the end of the day, and and who can have the who can match them that money with uh, with something new is is probably going to take the day. 
Well, Jay, thanks a million for your time and thanks for um, enlightening us on some of these things. And um, best of luck uh, on your sort of logistical way to get to the U.S. And congratulations thanks. on your new job. Thank you. Thanks very much, Sean. Jay Neuhaus is the vice president for event consulting for Premier Partnerships, now part of the Play Fly Sports Group. And those of you here in Nebraska know that name as the new media rights holder for a decade, the next decade here at the University of Nebraska. I'm John Schrader.